Yosemite. We made it. I'm Drew here with my sister, Ashley, and best friend in the whole world, Derek. And we just got back from August 31st, 1984. The past. Ashley, uh, why? Well, each week we travel back in time to the best year ever, sort of, to watch whatever (laughs) movie just hit theaters. And maybe go exploring in some gross uh, underground subway tunnels. But before we get into that, here's what we saw. Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels unfit for anything human. Unauthorized for anything experimental. Hold it! It's not moving! And unlikely to bring anyone down there. So... They're coming up. Chud. Check your basement and your bathroom. Keep off the street and try to hide. But remember, the dark is their place. The night is their time. And tomorrow, the only things living in the city of New York will be Chud. Chud. Cannibalistic. Humanoid underground dwellers. Boom. That was probably one of the better trailers we've had. It was a little bit like the Gremlins one. They're in your kitchen. They're, They're everywhere. In your <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in case you guys couldn't guess, we watched Chud and they already said what it stood for. Sort of. Mm. Um there's another meaning which ruins the whole spoiler alert but ruins everything about the movie. But it also stands for Contamination Hazard Urban Disposal. Okay. So, so cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers and contaminated, no, contamination. Hazard urban disposal. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Catchy. <Sure>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this movie has a very classy poster. It's got a white frame with um, New York City outlining the background and in the foreground there is a little sneak peek of the chud monsters lifting a subway grate and smoke coming out what was the tagline ashley uh i don't know the tagline they're not staying down there anymore oh mm, okay (laughs) it's It's on the poster i'm staring at it um okay i was like i don't know i don't know (laughs) but the the poster does set up that it's a very new york uh centric movie i mean new york is uh iconic throughout movie history but the subway system in particular gives the opportunity for just like a very creepy setting and it's it's a cavernous and uh, easy to kind of get lost, get lost in, um, which <laughs> gave us the idea before we watched the movie to go hunting uh, around in the subway. Why not? Yeah, research. <laughs> Derek, um, Derek's a little bit of a, a wild cat, so he uh, he thought that that would be a good idea just to kind of get us in the right headspace, and he paid the price. <laughs> Still paying it. How do you smell right now, Derek? I mean, we're all paying, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, perfect. Great. Was it urine? Was it um, uh, ooze? What got on you? It was some sort of toxic ooze. Oh, I mean, okay. it was pretty obvious. How's your skin <laughs> feel? Do you feel a little weird? Uh, I've got a, a pretty big rash all over my body. Awesome. It, Great. Well, I was going to say your skin looks smoother and, and more exfoliated than ever. If it doesn't keep peeling, <laughs> it might yeah. have been a nice, <laughs> a nice uh, dermatological A little chemical peel. Treat, yeah. So For free. You could start selling that stuff. I'm sure there will be no side effects. <laughs> We'll, we'll tell at the end of this episode yeah i guess it's still really really fresh uh ashley why don't we talk about the movie can you catch everyone up in 15 seconds or less mm, yeah ready go underground mutants start killing homeless people that live in the new york city sewer system turns out spoiler alert the government dumped all this waste in the sewers and then they turn the homeless people into these mutants yeah so was the government's plan to oh i hate it oh (laughs) what is derek eating Um, (laughs) he's eating other humans just his own flesh i guess Um, (laughs) it sounds crispy um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so was the government just trying to somebody that works for the government is in the pocket of like a nuclear or like a hazardous waste chemical company um so they are just trying to find a cheap way to get rid of their waste yeah so or a free, essentially a free way a free way to do it without any repercussions to yeah. they weren't trying to create cannibalistic humanoids though no okay nope. they just kind of repurposed so they label <laughs> they label their waste waste containers conveniently with chud and then um, which was a incriminating name if anyone knew the acronym in the first place, but to divert attention away from the actual crime that they were committing, they come up with this catchy new name for what they put on their waste containers, <laughs> cannibalistic mm. humanoid underground dwellers, because so nobody would be nobody would be upset about that. Well, on the waste containers was actually con- contamination hazard urban disposal. So it told you exactly what it was. Yeah. Like, which is so if- silly their plan yeah they could just come up with like top secret ooze you know like tso exactly maybe better (laughs) um so the plot checks out the homeless people are turning into mutants and i guess it was like before there was waste being dumped down there there was a a um, community of of uh, transients the homeless underground dwellers yeah so they were always homeless underground dwellers but they weren't mm-hmm. cannibalistic humanoids do you know the definition of a humanoid ashley part human part mutant not Oid. it just means human, <laughs> it just means human like um oh, i was curious like I mirrors just, a human yeah it could be any number it could be like a robot that's a mm. humanoid it could be a mutant in this case that's part human part you know mutated um but it just means similar features to a human so oh, okay got it did you have any sort of backstory with this movie or perhaps New York living underground, things like that? Uh, not living underground. I lived in New York briefly for like eight months. Did not mm-hmm. really like it. Didn't go in the sewers. So that's good. I guess I stayed away from all that. Did Still see today. a lot of sewer rats. So that was fun. You, you did just like on the street? Yeah. Like in the sub, like the system, like the subway system. But besides that, I mean, lived in New York for a brief stint. 
when I lived in Morristown, New Jersey, um, the subway grate, for some reason, there's like a lot of pressure underground and it popped up all like the grates and then it mm-hmm. exploded like all the first floor of all these buildings. Oh my God. It's like random day. We just heard like a big crash and there's a like, glass like shattering on the ground. It was pretty nuts. So that's like my only like yeah. Well, that's similarity. <laughs> Did uh, were you creeped out? I mean, like especially late at night about using the subway, or you know, was it just a, a disturbing place to be? I didn't really use it by myself ever. So yeah. I think so I, mean, I, fine. I love subways. Um, you know, and I haven't lived. Uh, I lived in New York for a couple months while overlapping while you were there, mm-hmm. and um, and then visiting London. Uh, briefly as well it's just like it's like kind of a magical form of transportation until you're like it until it's like you see it in movies where everyone's gone and you're the only person down there and it's always terrifying yeah I could see it it uh turning scary in a hurry so Mm -hmm. um Derek what was your backstory with this movie or tunnels (laughs) so uh, there used to be this drainage tunnel uh right outside my uh my house growing up and me and my friends would uh, dare each other to crawl through it. Oh and it was God. about uh, like two, 200 feet long. And so you'd have to crawl through it. It was, nope. was kind of scary. You could make it all the way through? You could make it all the way to my house from like this little park. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was really was weird. Fun was it, and terrifying. Was it wet? Yeah. <laughs> it's <was laughs> disgusting. I don't know. I was an idiot when I was a kid. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, th- so you got to relive your childhood today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ashley, remember we had a similar thing, but you definitely could not crawl through it um, without drowning. We have that, um, we had a creek in our yard that ended in a tunnel that would evacuate into like the lake, uh, the, the neighborhood lake. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, definitely didn't go in. Did we ever go in there at all? Well, you could send, we would send, um, boats and stuff. Oh, and they'd come it. out the other end. We'd run across the street. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. But there that was, was no way I was, anyone was getting in there. Um, mm-hmm. So whew, that gives me the creeps. Um, <laughs> my backstory is I had heard of this as a 80s cult classic movie um, recently, but in probably the late 90s, early 2000s, I was an avid reader of Chud.com, a website that kind of focused on genre films and, and movie reviews and stuff. And it had a like pretty off-putting color scheme for readability it was all black with <laughs> uh. green headlines and, and white uh high contrast text uh so but i had no idea the what the website chud.com was even referencing the whole time <laughs> did you know do you know what chud stands for from that website no what is it so it's cinematic happenings under development <laughs> i did know that but i was trying to play it yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what is it tell me more <laughs> a lot of chud abbreviations here so I know. We should have come up with our own favorites. Maybe by the end we can we can think Ooh, of some. I'll think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything in this movie that you absolutely loved or hated, Ashley? I hated the ending. I really liked the movie throughout, but the ending was a total bummer. I hate when it's like kind of a cliffhanger, but not even a cliffhanger. Like it so the ending essentially they're supposed to like gas out all the sewer systems and kill all the monsters and kill everyone who's down there hopefully no one but just like the creatures that are left and then it just ends and they don't go through with a plan you know so, what that trope's called terrible <laughs> the no ending trope um <laughs> Ooh. it was it was uh very strange yeah it like 
felt like an ending because all of a sudden the bad guys were, I mean, the bad guys were always the government um, and the, the people that were dumping the waste. So they sort of escaped one of the people working for them. But and the heroes got out of the uh, out of the subway and back up to ground level and they survived. So that was the ending. But there was no resolution whatsoever on what was going to happen to the the cannibalistic humanoids, which I thought they'd just like, OK, we'll just do it. And we'll gas them and it'll be done. Like they already had it started. So I'm yeah. not sure why they didn't just like finish it. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't a good it wasn't a cliffhanger where like you think they're dead and then all like of a one sudden, creature one hand reaches up from the subway grate. That would have been mm-hmm. cool. Um it was seems to be sort of just an oversight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, um there was lots of things to love, but and you know, one or two nitpicks to hate. Ashley likes to focus on those. Not um, always. Rude. No, I'm kidding. I loved the creature effects. Uh, mm. This movie was kind of peak 80s in terms of using practical effects. There were um, there was like one moment where there was some like green cloud that looked uh, CGI, but the creatures themselves are uh, would I would assume people wearing these really elaborate um, suits with. Um, kind of these stringy, uh, gooey uh, exteriors. Yeah, where it's like melted flesh that's mutated into um, monster flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Glowing, glowing yellow eyes. Um, And just kind of like at one at one point, there's uh, a scene towards the end where the monster is chasing the main uh, female character around her apartment. And um, here's a little clip from that. many sound effects so a lot to describe (laughs) there but one um once the monster kind of has her cornered it seems like um, or once they're squaring off uh, face to face its neck it extends like a giraffe and twists for no real practical reason but it looks really disturbing and cool um and then she takes a sword that was hanging uh, above the mantle, as as one does, and slices <laughs> its neck off because it extended it and <laughs> gave her an easy shot. <laughs> so it was it was cool, and then it, like and then like it kind of you saw like the green in the middle, and then kind of oozed a little bit, and it was like it was cool. I like that scene a lot. Yeah, that was a good. That was probably the most like screen time that the monsters get. They do a good mm-hmm. job of of showing them in small. Uh, doses and that's kind of the ex- the only extended sequence where um, where they show it. Uh, so this trope is called body horror when it's not just yep, there there we go. Ah, <laughs> it's it's not just like something gross happening to someone's uh, like their body being mutilated or shot or like it doesn't just mean gore happening to the body. It means like when your body is going through a transformation, like the fly would be a classic example where um, something really disturbing psychologically and physically is happening to your body. Um, So this movie falls into that camp. Although they don't really, they do show a little bit 
of the homeless people that are kind of like going through the transformation. He looks like a vampire. Yeah, it was what was his name? Was that Victor? Val, Val I think. Oh, okay. Or something yeah. like that. It's close. <laughs> but yeah, he kind of looks like a, just like a creepy vampire. He wasn't like really changing into a mutant quite yet. He just had like sharp teeth. Right. Yeah, they don't do... Um, they, none of the like main characters that we're following go through the transformation. A lot of body horror movies kind of rely on you being like getting to know the character when they're normal and then having to deal with them with the with the mutation so anyway that was um that was a good scene anything else you want to call out from the the movie ashley hmm i had i had a thought when you're talking about the like all the creatures and stuff oh when there were the five creatures that they he spotted the reverend spotted like in this mm-hmm. in the sewer system and they look like they're kind of partying i kind of got a party vibe from them yeah. five of them yeah. well and they're hanging around around i don't know what the stuff was on the ground i guess it's like toxic waste but it kind of had these cool colors to it and it reminded me of like fruit loops so in my head i was like it's a little like party little chud but, rave or drum chud, circle yeah yeah chud circle okay but yeah i like that scene derek you love the music right yeah that was there were a couple different there was a scene where the um the woman who's getting chased around her apartment before they get inside she's like taking a shower uh psycho style you're pretty sure something bad's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and she has to like um the drain gets clogged so she's (laughs) unwrapping a coat hanger and sticking it down the drain and she unclog when she unclogs it it's an explosion of blood in her. In that was her face. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great scene. Yeah, that was cool. And there was like gentle but disturbing music playing throughout that scene. So I thought the soundtrack was was really effective. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, speaking of the unnamed female character, Ashley, um, were there any characters that you connected with in this movie? I liked Captain Bosch the most. Is Bosch a name? a common name for cops like it sounds familiar show. yeah i'm not i'm i don't know but like a power tool brand i don't know i was thinking about that the whole time a power tool brand maybe uh but he was my favorite character so he was the captain of like the police force essentially mm-hmm. and he he throughout the movie the very beginning he's like helping them cover it up but he doesn't want to that there's these chuds below he's like but he's helping cover up for everyone else and then it gets to a point where he's just like i can't cover up anymore and he like tries to help and his wife also gets killed. Yeah. By so the chuds at the very beginning. The opening scene of the movie is a lady walking her dog um, in an empty street. And she gets uh, immediately pulled underground uh, through a, a subway grate by the ankles. So does her dog. And we yeah, have her little dog too. Oh. Um, yeah. It's, uh, but you don't see one of the things that we uncovered in our research and it checks out after the viewing was that they don't show the creatures um, causing harm to people a lot. Mm-hmm. They just show the aftermath. So what's, yep. what's her aftermath, Ashley? How do we find out the fate of her character? Her head just floating on the, oh, it's just so gross. Mm. Her head just like <laughs> washes up. Don't be a wuss. Just... We just crawled through the subway. Yeah, but I didn't want to go. <laughs> so no, it's very, it's very gross. Yeah. So um, that his wife's head just like washes up. And your wife. Just... Oh yeah, sorry. My oh, I'm devastated. That's why you're so emotional. <laughs> yeah, I can't talk about it. It's so rude. I, well, he's like at one point, um, he's 
trying to like work with he's trying to get the uh guy who runs the the soup kitchen uh underground to cooperate and the guy is like you know why is this so important to you why are you repeatedly coming back here did the did the mayor get kidnapped by these things did the president is the president taken and the guy find and your character finally reveals like no my wife is is missing so for a good chunk of the movie you don't even know i mean we saw her get pulled under but i don't mm-hmm. think we saw anything happen from there so you don't know for sure what her fate is and you kind of forget about her know. yeah yeah until he finds her head washed up on on shore yeah so mm. yeah pretty brutal way and then he goes to the bar and washes it down with some some uh rum makes sense yeah Derek, what character did you most empathize with? Um, the guy from Home Alone 2. Yeah. <laughs> the reverend. Oh, the reverend. The soup, the soup kitchen guy. AJ, the reverend shepherd. Um, <laughs> I don't remember them calling him the reverend in the movie. Yeah, they call him the reverend all the time. Okay. Yep. <laughs> well. <laughs> he was he was awesome. So this is um the tall, uh, curly-haired dude from Home Alone, Daniel, Daniel Stern. Uh, and he's just like an all around one. He runs a soup kitchen for, uh, New York's homeless population. Super nice. Um, two, he's like never a dick to the cop or mm-hmm. and he's always kind of trying to be helpful and, and cooperative. Um, and he's just kind of like, I don't know, most of the, you, you kind of expect some of these characters to just be one dimensional, but he he was a just all around nice guy. Yeah, he was a great character, and his real life um, wife was the first was the victim, the first victim we just talked about. That's her head just rolled on shore. That was his real life wife, which is cool. Yeah, so they got to be on set together for like an hour. Maybe I don't even know if they were on set together. Yeah, <laughs> she just died, and he's like in the movie. So yeah, was it her? Well, never mind. That was that was gonna be a morbid joke. Um. They could have, I was going to say, was it her real head? But they could have like buried her under the rocks and just had her actual yeah. head sticking out. Um, obviously, uh, they lived happily ever after in real life, I hope. Mm-hmm. They're um, still married. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Did you um, did you read about how Daniel Stern and the guy who played uh, your character, Christopher Curry, rewrote a significant portion of the script? Oh, no. Tell me more. I did. Um, <laughs> oh, surprise! <laughs> so, uh, I think it, it, it. I think there was some controversy when the movie came out. Like, there's all these rules about uh, for the Screen Actors Guild and the the Writers Actors Writers Guild about who gets credit. You know, how many people were involved. There was the sole credit to the screenwriter, um, whoever it was. But it turned out later in the the DVD commentary, apparently that these two main actors uh, who both appeared in Home Alone were rewriting. Uh, they rewrote as much as 50% of the script and, and what you see on the screen is mostly their their lines that they, they rewrote for themselves, which makes sense because the writing was surprisingly good. Yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> I was impressed. Like this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did they rewrite any others, like any other movies? Do you know about? Not sure. Um, okay. He definitely did all his own lines for him alone no i have no yeah (laughs) uh i'm gonna go with um the photographer character he's much more of a of a complicated 
figure. Uh, he, he doesn't have the best relationship with his his girlfriend. Maybe um, he seems a little resentful that he gave up his fame, his high powered photography career or whatever to like shoot her perfume ads. Yeah, um, but he also made some good points. Like they were just using. Um, sex to sell their perfume and and you know maybe sex they were ex- her. exploiting her yeah mm-hmm. so i mean he was the photographer uh, enabling the exploitation but right he didn't, i didn't like his yeah. character at all i didn't like him but at least by the end i felt like he wasn't a just like one note uh terrible 80s dude like Fair. when she reveals to him that she's pregnant he uh his first the first thing he says is like what do you want to do right yeah are they gonna have a alien baby a humanoid so in the scene where she's getting chased around the apartment um after she decapitates the the creature its head rolls to her um ankles and bites her Mm -hmm. so but so maybe that's not how that but he was but he was also crawling around in the sewer so i feel like between the two of them he he's gonna definitely change into a humanoid cannibalistic humanoid. yeah <laughs> everything we know about the um government program and the origin of these creatures would be that they just get like they're just like eating toxic waste or it's in there they're living in it basically mm-hmm. they're not vampires i mean far be it for me to say that that's not how the origin of uh bud the chud and chud too <laughs> Cause that does sound like a baby name. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> there Aww. would have to be a baby Chud and baby one. underground dweller. Yeah. There you go. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to only pick characters who are, uh, idealistic. Likeable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you have any speeches for us from this movie? Ooh, just one little one liner for my character. Are you kidding? You guys got a camera. Mine's got a flamethrower. Yeah. So and Derek only had a lighter, so not very helpful, Derek. Just saying. Oh, the yeah, the Reverend, the Reverend Derek. Um yeah. <laughs> so there is a scene where finally the um uh the guy running the soup kitchen and the captain confront the government agencies, get them all in a giant in a room with a giant table. Um they're occupying like four seats out of fifty at this <laughs> massive boardroom table and they get them to admit eventually you know about the about the dumping of the waste but once they once they show them pictures of someone having been bit by the creatures uh they start to come clean and yet this the they still don't want to send anybody down there to take care of it they assume that they're just gonna like what that there was just one of them and they got it yeah there's like oh there's just one we'll just kill this one we'll be done like you think there's only one of them like they didn't believe it so so anyway the flamethrower part comes in when captain bosch organizes his own like search party and sends them all down there with flamethrowers and they all still get killed right immediately within two seconds (laughs) because i thought they at least like char one of them and be like oh perfect they're like succeeding and they didn't they all died immediately so yeah well good effort yeah (laughs) i guess Let's uh let's take a quick break from our discussion of Chud and tune in to New Release Radio NR84. Ooh. Right. 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 
Flash. I hate the name of that song. Ew. <laughs> uh, Flash for Fantasy. So New Release Radio is where we give you a little taste of what was happening this week back in 1984. Yes, a radio show in the middle of a podcast. The song you just heard was Flesh for Fantasy by Billy Idol. Up 12 spots to number 52 on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of August 31st, 1984. Ashley, what's happening in the news or pop culture this week? Sorry. I did pretty good. That was great. Uh, oh, okay, I'm like crying. Uh, <clears throat> so, what's happening in pop, pop culture? I'm like thrown off for a loop. That was really good. Um, so, the most ex- one of the most expensive, well, at the time, the most expensive commercial was ever made. Any you guesses on who? I don't. I can't do it. Um, so, Apple made a commercial for $900,000 with Ridley Scott directing it. Um, which today's money would be like $2.2 million. Um, and it came out during the Super Bowl. So it kind of changed every like Super Bowl commercial from here on out and how, why they spend so much money. So they, the budget for this commercial was basically the same as the budget for Chud. Yep. <laughs> um, which is just over 1 million. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, let's hear a little bit of that commercial. Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Ooh. It's still ominous. I don't know. I know that commercial was groundbreaking at the time. Um, I forgot my voice. So Groundbreaking at the time. <laughs> but it doesn't... I don't know. It was cool. They just did something to break the mold versus mm-hmm. trying to like sell computers in a traditional way. Um, this was Apple's big breakout year. Like, I mean, this is when personal computers became a thing. Uh, and a lot of it was because of that commercial. And then Steve Jobs is just kind of uh, legendary stage presence introducing new products. I still can't believe they got Ridley Scott to direct it. They're like, oh, Blade Runner is cool. How about this Apple commercial? <laughs> His brother, Tony Scott, rest in peace, uh, was, I think both of them got their start in commercials. So okay. it is it is cool, though, once that they were already, they had Past some breakout it. successes. Um, man, Ridley Scott with uh, movies like uh, Aliens mm-hmm. and Blade Runner and, or Alien and, and Blade Runner and Tony Scott with Top Gun, <laughs> the Scott Bros <laughs> were crushing Quite the it. difference. In the 80s. Well, yeah, they they had really distinct styles, but Mm -hmm. it's just like they were Ridley sort of turned his back on his commercial upbringing, whereas Tony Scott embraced it and, Mm -hmm. you know, like making Top Gun sort of feel like a music video. So, yeah. Can you can you tell me that Chud was number one in the box office? Close. (laughs) Our top three at the box office this week. Clint Eastwood's Tightrope, number one, with seven million. Ghostbusters, still, still. still going Jeez, strong okay. at number How two. How many weeks has that been? Like so months? So it's been on, uh, well, when did we watch it? Early June? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so that's impressive. Months, the whole summer almost. All summer, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at number three, we have another new movie that we did not choose to see called Bolero with Bo Derek. That's fine. A discovery in the meaning of desire. It has to be warm and sultry and dark-eyed when you give your virginity away. There you uh, go. I hate <laughs> it. Practical advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the number three film. The number 13 film 
of the week, Chud. Lucky number 13. It made $1.7 million, more than the budget of the Apple commercial, more than its own budget. And it actually had the highest per screen average. It wasn't in as many theaters as the Clint Eastwood movie or Ghostbusters. So it actually was a commercial hit. Um, oh, it would okay. go on to make four four point seven million, which doesn't sound like much, but it's 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 basically uh, four times its budget. So that's better than I thought it was going to do. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, this movie wasn't like a no budget horror, or I mean, like a movie that didn't have some talented people behind it, and right. you know, it, it isn't like complete schlock. So. I think it I think it performed about as well as as you would expect expect it to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's time though for our favorite segment on new release radio, rank the blank. Pew pew pew. It's the moment of truth. You're giving it all. Standing alone. So Rank the Blank is where each week we pick a topic inspired by this week's movie and we rank our personal submissions. The topic this week is Most Terrifying Underground Dweller. Cannibalism (laughs) optional. We've got a lot of contenders and then we've got three nominations each, including uh, the Chud from the movie we watched. So we're going to run through the contenders real quick. Um, Contender number one, sewer rats from a bunch of stuff uh ashley's <laughs> life experience for one uh-huh. um, <laughs> sewer rats are a real thing as evidenced by the movie rats the rat population of the world is estimated to be 108 billion 24 times the human population That's... so is that true <laughs> Of course it's true. It's in a, it's in a <laughs> trailer from a 80s movie called Rats. Um, no, that is that is pretty terrifying. Uh, there was a whole like mini genre, sub, 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 sub genre of movies based on what could live, what kind of creatures could live in the, the sewers. So rats are one. Uh, sewer alligators were a thing. Like, you remember, actually, there was this whole panic around people. Yeah, because people were flushing on the toilet. And they're like, it's going to go into the sewer and then kill all your children. Oh, I remember. I mean, that's definitely what happens in the movie Alligator, but did that ever happen? Not that killing your children part, but did people flush alligators down toilets? I mean, not from, I feel like it was an 80s thing, so I don't, I can't really hold myself accountable to knowing that, <laughs> but. What about turtles? Oh, for, uh, yeah, <laughs> turtles for sure. <laughs> yeah, so another contender we're including is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, not terrifying in the movie, but like, if you had seen one, you know, not having any context, not knowing, uh, never having seen the movie, wouldn't you be pretty terrified, Ashley? Well, that that and the one, the more recent one with Megan Fox, they're like roided out. Teenage Mutant right. They look pretty scary. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. If we had run into those. With like nunchucks and size, like with weapons, like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Hard sure pass. that I'm pretty sure in the original one that April O'Neil passes out when she first sees Michael. Yeah, Angelo. she does. Exactly. So that makes sense. I mean, I, they, they, I think they almost count for this list. Um, mm-hmm. Just a few quick others. There's the zombies from Resident Evil. Uh, I just watched Tank Girl the other night, and there's these creatures called Rippers that are kangaroo-human hybrids. Oh. They can jump really far. So they jump and cut you? They jump and cut you. One of them's played by Ice-T. Um, 
Sweet. And they turn out to be like the good, they turn out to be sort of the heroes. Um, oh. So, okay. yeah. But there's one more um, that we wanted to mention, and we might bump it up into the final round bracket. So there's the shadow selves from us. Oh. There was a girl. Ugh. And the girl had a shadow. Just, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> that's enough. I think that's good. Oh, man. Um, didn't you have a bit of uh, trivia for this movie, Ashley? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say um, that part of Jordan Peele's inspiration for us was Chud, actually. Surprising. Not super surprisingly, kind of surprisingly. Um, and you can see it in his movie. So he has like a little like shelf with a couple of VHSs and Chud is one of them within the Us movie. So. Yeah, I know Goonies is another one, which they go underground into cave exploration and probably other movies that were uh, related to that theme. So let's let's move to our final round. Um, did oh, actually, was there yeah. any um, feedback on Instagram on whether rats or gators are the scarier? Yeah. Dweller? So it was pretty it was pretty close, actually, between rats and gators, which I was surprised by. But rats won to be scarier, apparently, than alligators. What do you think? Um, it depends. Because I was thinking if it's like several rats, like hundreds of them, like crawling over you, biting you, as opposed to a gator who could just like drown you and be quicker, then maybe rats are more terrifying. And they could give you a bacterial disease. So even if you don't, even if you think you survive, maybe you really don't survive, you know? It's, it's kind of, it's volume versus... Um, just one like quick giant hopefully. monster hopefully mm-hmm. quick but like what if they do the death roll um, and they just for, like play around with your body for that's a, bit. a crocodile and not an alligator um uh. i don't know but <laughs> uh what about um crocodilic humanoid underground dwellers that could be something that could <laughs> sure crocodile dandy under Crocod- <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. So, um, and then we did another. We did another poll that was um, Chud versus Trimmers. Mm, well, save that one. Okay. All right. So, because we're moving, we're moving to the final rounds here. So, okay. In the final round, Chud gets an automatic, um, automatic pass mm-hmm. um, since it inspired the list. Ashley, what's your first submission? Oh, my first submission is from The Descent, which is like one of my favorite horror movies of all time, and it's these terrifying creatures that use echolocation to hunt their prey. Oof. In the caves. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> oh, someone! That was not a human being! Screw this! Let's take our chance and pick a tunnel! Move! That was not a human being. <laughs> nope, not at all. Terrifying. So, the thing I wanted to talk about with the descent is this comes up. I think this came out, came up when the movie was first released. Uh, I think this is one of the scariest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. The only question is, is are the creatures what makes it terrifying? So I think the scariest part of this movie is early on when they are like crawling. Maybe I'm just claustrophobic. Uh, uh, yeah. But like the whole setup for this movie of getting trapped in these increasingly smaller and more confusing tunnels uh, was was so scary on its own that it was almost like uh confusing when an hour into the movie they introduced monsters Mm -hmm. on top of what was already like horrific yeah Um, and they go well they go spelunking and then they lose like their well one of the caves collapses and they're like screwed yeah 
awful. Yeah, they they're on a girl. It's a girls trip, which this mm-hmm. is also a cool like um, female led horror movie. Is it a trope? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost an anti trope. Um, they're all final girls, but it's it's a uh, it's like the worst like women's trip getaway ever because yeah. the one girl uh, takes them to an unexplored cave system. <laughs> <laughs> as mm-hmm. a surprise Fun. and gets them all trapped so yep. i agree that the movie is terrifying i just wonder if it's even the creatures that that are the the scariest part mm-hmm. um for me i watched a movie that is like the uh, better version of chud this week um no <laughs> offense to chud but peter or peter guillermo del toro's mimic from 1997 features like this bug that they genetically create because cockroaches are carrying some kind of disease throughout new york once again um so they create a bug to kill off the cockroach population um this kind of like warrior bug that's that's cross between a, a warrior ant and then something with wings <laughs> apparently uh turns out that their plan for the judas bugs to to die out as soon as they killed off all the cockroaches backfired and they become the most like fast evolving creature oh. of all time and they can um well i'll just let the main character from the movie explain what trait they develop mm. sometimes an insect will evolve to mimic its predator go figure <laughs> way to go can look like a spider a caterpillar can look like a snake the Judas evolved to mimic its predator. Wait for it. Us. Us. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And when she's saying that, she's like taking the the shell of the one that they killed and like putting its face pieces together to form a, a human mask. Um, it's it's an awesome movie um, that has a ton in common with with Chud. It didn't hurt my enjoyment of Chud. It just there it was impossible not to see a bunch of overlap there. Um, mm-hmm. We've got one more submission, Derek. What's yours? Tremors, the Shriekers, the worms, the big fat smelly worms with like <laughs> multiple heads that like eat you. <laughs> yeah. So you and Ashley just rewatched Tremors in preparation for this. How was that? amazing it was amazing yeah it still holds true it's still such a good movie and it's still terrifying uh, i oh sorry didn't mean to no go ahead oh i was just gonna say i was talking to my, one of my friends about tremors and she said she still like will sprint across like open spaces because she's like mm. she was terrified when she was a kid and she still is like scared of it <laughs> so that, that was gonna be my follow-up question like compared to some of these other the tremors live underground but this movie takes place a lot in daylight above ground so it kind of has a challenge of not having as, as scary of a setting mm-hmm. but like the fact that the humans have to try to keep getting to higher ground just creates this like real sense of 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 place and awareness of like everywhere you every moment they spend on the ground <laughs> is coming closer is, is scary because mm-hmm. they could the tremors could rise up and and eat them um they're not called tremors i i shouldn't make that mistake the movie is called that because they create the the worms the shriekers create tremors as they're traveling through the ground um let's hear uh let's hear like one of the best parts of the movie which is uh, kevin bacon yeah <laughs> the whole time in general run, Val, run! 
shrieking. So that that thud that thud you hear at the end did describe that midsummer vibes. Well, yeah, like a giant. Oh, if the, yeah. If the person's oh. head was the size of was like two hundred pounds, um, <laughs> and it, it's sort of like uh, a whale dropping out of a helicopter and being filled with uh, the insides of a pumpkin, and then hitting concrete. Yeah. <laughs> so like it looks like the guts, of, the guts of the tremors are orange they're like pumpkin mm -hmm. pumpkin guts yeah i was eating like a butternut squash pasta while i watched ah. it i was like oh interesting <laughs> still eat uh, it delightful um mm -hmm. okay so our final five the chud creatures the creature from the descent the judas bug from mimic the shriekers from tremors and the shadow selves from us because we bumped that up from the contender bracket into the final bracket man um, let's start with the chud, chuds. Um, where do you where do you think they fall on this list, Ashley? I think they're at the bottom. It's tough. Yeah, I mean they they're sort of redundant with some of the other ones, like the the mimic one. They can't mimic their prey, so they don't have that feature that ability going for them. Well, and they can't like locate based on like movement, like in tremors. Yeah. They're kind of just like creatures that like, oh, they'll see you and then they'll try and hunt you. Right. But, and they're yeah. also the most human, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the the creatures from the descent, they say in the trail, they say in that clip, they're not humans. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, they're basically they're like, they're like bats. They're like really fast. Yeah. The the cannibal bats. One is more more insect than human. Mm -hmm. And obviously the well, what about Chud versus um the movie that it partially inspired us? Us? Yeah. Like what's so scary um, about the shadow selves? Well, they're exactly replicas of yourself and they can kill yeah. you and then take over your life. So I would go with us over Chud. Okay. So I think Chud, Chud's the okay. bottom. Chud at five. What's number four then? I would go with, I would almost go with Tremors. I mean, I know they're big, but I think they're kind of dumb. Yeah. It's just, you don't have like these one on, I mean, you do have like them facing off against them, but. But if you just uh, stand still, they can't, I mean, they don't, they don't have the sense to like. You're gonna you just stand you. still forever. Why don't you tell no, your No, but that? I'm saying is like you can lure them like they did in the movie. They had like a go-kart or whatever, and they like like, okay, we'll just push the pedal and like push it out, and then the trim will follow it, like a little like dog getting a bone or a ball. So I think okay. they're kind of on the low. They do get smarter though. Yeah, they but, do. But I would agree that that they're probably number four. I can only imagine how smart they must be 20 movies later. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So number four tremors, number three, the uh, shadow selves. Or are they higher? I think they're higher only because I although the descent, I love the movie. I think the creatures themselves, like unless you go into that cave, like are you gonna ever see them? Right. So point. I, I think they're lower. I think us is higher. And then mm. I haven't seen Mimic, so I'm not sure about okay. those two. So I agree with you on the descent only because also because of what I said earlier, it's it's mm -hmm. the it's the caves that are the the scariest right. part of that. I mean, the subway system in Chud and in Mimic is like gross and scary, but it's also open and spacious. Like right. <laughs> it would be way worse <laughs> to be trapped in a tiny space um, mm -hmm. with these creatures. So okay, so the descent at number three, and that yeah, that leaves a showdown between Mimic and shadow selves or Judas yeah. bug 
versus shadow selves. I know uh, Judas is fresh in my mind, mm-hmm. um, but us, I watched recently as well. Man, the the performance and just kind of the concept of us is, I don't want to say more believable or more quote unquote grounded, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it is like, it's creepier because you're seeing real people yourself yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with us okay so from the contender bracket to the top Mm -hmm. interesting what do you think what do you think derek i haven't seen mimic or us but just that clip of us oh yeah because you walked out of us yeah i forget why it was too busy (laughs) or something no it was too busy or something i forget but um I don't know that that clip that we watched was was kind of creepy. Yeah, dude, you gotta watch us. Yeah, um, it's great. I watched Get Out last night. As well, well, I have to I, watch I, Get Out too. <laughs> I'm slacking. Yeah, yeah, those are both awesome movies. I think I think Us is is even better. Um, okay, Us number one, Judas Bug number two, Descent Creatures number three, Tremors four, and Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers slash Contaminated <laughs> Hazardous Urban demonstrators or, 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 <laughs> I, get, I get i get seven out you're of close though yeah or Number they are, can't hop up and down Chud. they can't hop can they not can't hop up and down Chud. oh <laughs> Good can't hop it, it has to be a can't hop up down oh that's can a hop up down. Cheat code <laughs> yeah left left right right center center mm-hmm. a b b b yeah um carson hubris undermined daily okay sure (laughs) it's almost time to sign off on new release radio for this week and give our final thoughts on chud but before we do we have a new number one song on the billboard top 100 this week Oh, I almost was singing. Thanks. <laughs> Since Such a solid I, song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And it's set in New York. So the whole music video is Tina Turner, um, like dancing in front of New York uh, locations. And at one point, actually the point in the song that you just heard, she's coming up from the subway system. Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. Great tie-in. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, good job. <laughs> since everyone's been wondering... This is how this is this is how new release radio works. It's recorded live while we're in 1984 and broadcast into the few into 2020 using the latest radio time wave technology, but it's delayed by the amount of time it takes us to get back so we can hit the record button when we're back and recording the other segments for new release. Does that make sense? Can you explain yeah. it again, but like differently? <laughs> <laughs> Also, actually, um, what were the results of the Chud versus Tremors poll? Oh, people would rather fight Tremors. Mm. Okay. A lot of people would rather fight Tremors because Chud's pretty terrifying looking. I thought it was confusing the way you worded that. So that also... Who would you rather fight? Tremors are less terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They would rather fight Tremors. So we Mm -hmm. could have factored that in, but we didn't. It's okay. They still lost. um, since we're back to the movie now, were there any uh, reviews for Chud at the time? Yeah, there were quite a few, um, mainly bad, but there were some good ones. 
So let's see. So for this segment, I do two true reviews and a lie that I wrote, which is also a review. So it's not really a lie. You're calling yourself a liar. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's not a lie. I don't want to be a liar. Um, Okay. So first review, Chud makes no pretension towards serious theses about, or yeah. So clearly this is not mine. This is not government. Theses? Theses or species or feces? Theses. Theses. I just can't say that correctly. About government or the environment is meant to be light commercial entertainment. And in the category of horror films, it stands as a praiseworthy effort. Thesis. Yeah, it's just hard for me to say it. Thesis. I I thought you were saying the plural. Theses. The plural of thesis could be theses. Well, it's spelled theses. And it's from New York Times. I don't know. Anyway, that's one review. Clearly not mine. It sounds like a pretentious review, even if the movie doesn't make any pretensions. Yep. Um, Another review is, as strange as as its reputation promises, I love this weird, sad film. Ooh. And then the other one is, I liked it. (laughs) That sounds like an Ashley lie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or an Ashley truth. So it's it's three truths, but one's youth. You. Three truths, but one's youths. (laughs) Yeah. Use three truths, but one's use. Okay, that's the that's use. Yep, that's me's. (laughs) And um, the other ones are (laughs) twos. They're just reviews. No, let's go. No, let's go back to number. Let's go in all seriousness. Let's go back to to true review number two. Um, it that was that i could feel the emotion in that statement so it was i i love this sweet and sad movie weird and sad weird and sad yeah i mean it's sad sad because of the homeless people dying and the government not caring I, i guess sad is a bit of a stretch i mean as we talked about earlier with the non-ending all the characters sort of survive except for your decapitated wife of course yeah um but it's just sad what you know this marginalized population is being put through i guess mm-hmm. um there's a lot of emotion with the aj reverend's character um he is empathetic towards the homeless population the cool thing about your character, Captain Bosch, is that he goes like you are a little skeptical at first of why he's, um, you know, if he's just going to be like kind of this this uh, dismissive cop or something. But I guess because he has personal stakes in the case, he's just like really dedicated to figuring out what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, I think it's just sad because like the government turned um, these already dismissed members of society into actual freakish mutants so yeah that sucks huh. well <laughs> um <laughs> did this movie win any saturn awards which are awards given to genre movies um it didn't win saturn awards but it did win a brussels international festival of fantasy film award a biff mm. <laughs> we've had will. a couple of those Remember we have that great uh sprouts joke i made yeah it wasn't very good um yeah but yeah, Children of the Corn won one, um, and mm. this one won for Best Fantasy Film. Nice. I That's think uh, it was probably up against no competition. <laughs> it was up against <laughs> all the other movies we've watched this year. So like, didn't mm-hmm. Neverending Story win something? It did. I think it was like a young actor or some. Okay, something but like it that. means Chud beat out a fantasy movie like that, which is cool. Mm-hmm. 
Do you have any actually alliterative awards? So I did a Chad one. Oh, let's hear it. Um, it's not great, but whatever. Uh, creepy humans under development. <laughs> Wait, you stole half of that from the, the movie site. So <laughs> what's the problem and here? They, and People repurpose is, things all the time. Humans is basically like humanoid. I know. Okay, let's see. Uh, um, How about crappy? No. Crappy. Campy crappy hippies that's just offensive yeah okay whatever i tried my best how about uh chipper hopper hoppy uber dumpers ew ew <laughs> yeah um, sure i like hops, hiding underground one. dumping i like the hop i, I like dirks the best yeah i mean can't they are hop underground up dumpers. can't hop up can't hop up down yeah. can't hop up down <laughs> let's uh let's rank this movie on a scale of one to 84 on how 80s it is factoring in things like the music the wardrobe uh the actors and how iconic it is in its in its period music amazing the music is yeah high on the 80s scale the actors definitely mm-hmm. um i mean they're not like uh, oh, John Goodman too for like half a second before he dies. Yep. One of his first um on-screen movies. So that's kind of cool. Even though he died immediately. But I would give it a 60. Really? Okay, calm down. Well, so for context, Ghostbusters is at 80 um out of 84. 16 Candles, Karate Kid, and Never Ending Story are all at 79. So those yeah. are our most 80s m- movies thus far. Well, I'm still going to give it a 67. That's okay. That seems low to me. Derek, where are you at? I typically break this down, so I will do that this week as well. <laughs> uh, the music is super 80s. So that gets a 25 just by itself. Uh, okay. The practical effects, another 25. Whoops. And then I would say that the uh, the cast is just crazy the girl from jurassic parks in it uh john goodman the guy no. from- <laughs> that, that was, was tremors. Uh, tremors oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> she might oh, have played a kevin bacon was in it <laughs> yeah kevin bacon <laughs> oh man okay uh well, I'm, gonna give, yeah. I'm gonna give it a 74 um okay. that yeah see that seems that seems more like it Again, the only the only thing that this movie is lacking in the '80s department for me um, is kind of like pop culture awareness. If you're into horror movies or '80s horror or campy cult horror, this movie is absolutely on your radar. If you're Jordan Peele, it's on your radar. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're the makers of the website Chud.com or you're a band member from the Misfits. Um, called Doctor Chud. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie has some some status, but it doesn't have the status of you know Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's a pretty high bar right. to clear. Um, it doesn't yeah. have Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and uh, everyone else uh, in it. So yeah, I'm gonna go mid 70s. I'm gonna say 75. Just okay, under. So it didn't quite make the list. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't quite crack the top five. Gremlins at 77 is rounding out the top five and we might be overvaluing that because of our personal yeah, history I think but we might that's as the well. whole point so yeah <laughs> uh, Derek, do you recommend this movie or do you think it should be redone 
really liked it. I'd recommend it. Yeah. I thought Does it was a good movie. I thought it was it. No. Who did I who no. was I reading was attached to remake it? Um oh Rob Zombie in two thousand seven oh. was but I mean obviously it didn't happen. Uh yeah. But I mean that I would I would definitely watch that. He's he's great, but Yeah. Would you watch no. the sequel, Chud Two, but the Chud? No. What about the trequel? Chud three. Nud- Chud the crud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dud the Chud. Um but the crud Chud, bud. Uh no. Um, I think the first one's good. That's enough. Yeah. Chuds. Uh, I agree. I definitely recommend it. I am ashamed, honestly. I don't know why I waited this long to apologize, but I I don't know why I didn't see this movie sooner. It's a mm-hmm. a terrible oversight on my part. So, what are we gonna? I think what we decided last week to do for our new release wax museum is we're always gonna put. We don't have to give something prime position. We can dump it in the Charlie Sheen wing in mm-hmm. the janitor's closet, but we're gonna immortalize something from every movie uh, in wax so what do we want to put into our museum from this movie Ooh, the stretchy head <laughs> pre-decapitation or post post yeah <laughs> pause, pause like stopped in motion the the head getting sliced Ooh, well, I, no what i want her i want it biting her ankle like i want it to be a leg we might need several several pieces because I would like <laughs> it to be fixed, the neck fixed to like a column and you can grab the head and stretch it yourself. Oh, that's fine. Although, is that how wax works? No. <laughs> I mean, when it's... If you melt it cold. and ruin the whole thing. Well, no, we can have a, like the head made of wax. Like a slinky? But, but the neck can be made of, yeah, slinky. Okay. When did sure. slinkies come out? 80s? Uh, 90s? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, that's why I asked because it seems like it could be around around this time. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for Chud. Next week we've got a another sci-fi ish movie that's a cult oddity, I'd say. It's Mars on the Hudson. Oh. New York, it's Cheers goes to Harlem. New York. Get you something to drink, brother. It's E.T. Oh. rides the Underground Railroad. Want to see where all the white people disappear? 125th Street, thanks. That was fantastic. It's the brother from another planet. Man is a fugitive from a chain gang. He's got radar for a mind. <laughs> Removable eyes and a lovable smile. Give me five, brother. White folks get strange all the time. It's John Sayles' dazzling and propelling comedy hit. It's the box office blast guaranteed to open your eyes. Okay. The brother from another planet. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) I was like... Cool. Yeah, that's just, it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. It's obviously mm-hmm. a social commentary, satire, kind of putting um, a black person in the uh, through the eyes of an alien, um, which is a is a interesting metaphor that we'll explore. Mm-hmm. How excited are y'all? I'm really excited. It sounds good. Um, also, Slinkies came out in 45, so <laughs> close. 
really close. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I'm really excited to see this movie. It seems fun and interesting. Why not? Yeah, it was. Uh, we'll have to figure out um, uh, as as three white people the best way to discuss the racial commentary. But it was made by a white director. Um, okay. So we will dive into that next week. If you want to hear this and more, you should subscribe to the podcast by searching new release 1984 on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcast. That's a wrap. Woo!